0: You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Welcome to If You Know Mary, You Know Jesus. Hello there, everyone. My name is Bob Cantoni, and I'm back. And I just uh, want to remind everyone that I am a seminarian, and, and uh, I've had some midterms to study for. So, But nevertheless, I truly, truly enjoy uh, being here and doing this show and talking about um, the glories of Mary, our beautiful Queen Mother. And during this Lent, I thought I'd do something different. Um, and I highly recommend for all those listening, if you really want to get to know Mary even more and deeply, more deeply, and, and understand how much she loves her children and, and how much she loves sinners, I mean, that is her eternal role is the salvation of souls and snatch from the grips of Satan all of God's children. No one does it better than Mary. But what I want to do today is to talk about um, her love for her children and and exactly uh, an expression of that role through the eyes of a great saint called St. Alphonsus Liguori. St. Alphonsus Liguori pray for us. He expresses his love for Mary in the most delicious way. I eat it up. I hope you do too. I hope you really enjoy um, and delight in what he's saying, and he's pouring his heart out. But he's expressing um, his love for Mary, and and how does one get to know that kind of love? It's because he got to know Mary. It's an, a personal encounter, a daily encounter with the Great Mother of God, and that's the only way. Because God is all about relationships, and and uh, when. When a saint comes to the mother of God and he pours his heart out to his mother, especially his great queen spiritual mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, oh my goodness, the mother of the Savior of the world, the mother of the incarnate word. This is no small matter, folks. And St. Alphonsus Liguori has developed a deep, deep relationship, a loving, intimate relationship with his mother, his eternal mother. And he's expressing that through his deep encounters with the love and the merciful heart of Mary. She is the seed of mercy. She is the mother of mercy. She knows nothing other than mercy. So let's look to Our Lady and St. Joseph and St. Alphonsus Liguori. And I'm going to read, just simply read, read to you. And this way here you just listen and take it to heart. Meditate on uh, the words, beautiful words of St. Alphonsus Liguori and, and make that your uh, Lenten medit- meditation. It's that simple. And I'm hoping to spark that great love for Mary and, and as St. Alphonsus expresses that great love. So, dear Blessed Mother, we ask, we beg for your intercession to be with us and inspire our hearts as you inspire the great saints like St. Saint Alphonsus. Show us your love, dear Mother. We want to embrace that great gift that God has given us, you. He has given you to us, his children, as a great gift. So please surround us and protect us with your heavenly mantle of grace and obtain for us all of those wonderful graces that God wants for us to have today. You are the mediatrix of all graces, and we desire to receive them through you, the vessel of, of all of God's grace. St. Joseph, we pray to you in a powerful way. Please be with us, St. Joseph. And we're going to express also um, from the words of a visionary on the next show um, the love of St. Joseph. I really truly believe that St. Joseph is the saint of our times. Well, the completion of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. So very important. He is the biggest piece of the puzzle that has been missing for a long time, and God has just hes just inserted it. Get to know St. Joseph, and we're praying to you, our good, holy, spiritual father, the father of Jesus on earth. Oh, my goodness. What delights and treasures that St. Joseph has to share with us all. So we pray to him as well to intercede in a powerful way before the throne of God the Father. And I ask the the protection of St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, and all the holy angels and saints and souls in purgatory for you and all of your family members, your loved ones. Amen. Alleluia. Ave Maria, Grazia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus. Ventris tu, Iesus, Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis, peccatoribus nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. So really, it's uh, the new kingdom, or the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, or really the, uh, the glory of Jesus is to restore... The family on earth, the rightly ordered family, and we look to the Holy Family—Jesus, Mary, Joseph—as a perfect, rightly ordered, socially, um a social, uh, an ima- image of the church, the domestic church. When the families are strong and rightly ordered in God, in right relationship with the members of the family, the, the spouses and the children and rightly ordered in in deep, intimate relationship with the Trinity, that's when God is going to renew the face of the earth. It's so simple, so clear. But after the fall, relationships were destroyed. It's been like a bad marriage ever since. Bad marriage not only between spouses, uh, human spouses, but a bad marriage between Um, Humanity and God, who ultimately in the end, Jesus is the bridegroom, the Lamb, the wedding feast of the Lamb. It's a marriage feast with God himself. The whole church is bride, the bride of Christ. Mary is the perfect bride of Christ. Mary is the perfect model of the church. The Holy Family is the perfect model of the church. But all of humanity, all of nations, Jesus wants to betrothed and marry all of humanity. Oh, my goodness. But that's what it's all about, folks. This perfectly ordered, right, loving, intimate, harmonious, glorious, joyful, happy relationship, a spousal relationship with Almighty God. That's what it's all about. So let's listen to what St. Alphonsus has to say. And one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle, if not the biggest piece, is our lady who will teach us true love, true mercy, God is all mercy. Teach us the true way of Jesus Christ teach us she he shows she shows us perfectly to her son who to Jesus and Jesus is the truth, the life and the way He truly is the way to the Father, and Mary is like one of the greatest lures, if you will, that God uses that sweetness of Mary to bring us to Jesus in union with Saint Joseph who brings us to the Father. So this is uh, the book is called The Glories of Mary by Saint Alphonsus Liguori. So the glories of Mary Saint Alphonsus Liguori, I beg you to go out and get a copy. If you love Mary and you want to know her more and love her more, that's one way you can do it. The glories of Mary. And uh, this uh, chapter is uh, titled, Mary Pleads the Cause of Even the Greatest Sinners. All right? She leaves no one out. Mary, like Jesus, wants all men to be saved. It's that simple. So he begins, there are so many reasons for loving our most loving queen. That if Mary were praised throughout the world, if even a sermon preachers spoke only of her, If all men laid down their lives for Mary, still everything would be very little in comparison with the honor and gratitude we owe her for the tender love she has for men, even for the most miserable sitters who happen to have the slightest spark of devotion for her. Blessed Raymond Giordano, who, because of his humility, called himself the unlearned, used to say that Mary cannot help those who love her, and she cannot help doing favors for those who serve her. If they are sinners, she uses all her power to get forgiveness for them from her blessed Son. And he adds that her kindness and mercy are so great that no one, no matter how far gone in sin he may be, ought to be afraid to cast himself at Mary's feet, for she never rejects anyone who appeals to her. Mary, as our most loving advocate, herself offers the prayers of her servants to God, especially those who place themselves in her hands, meaning Marian consecration is the best way. For as the Son intercedes with the Father for us, So she intercedes with the son and does not cease to plead with both for the great affair of our salvation and for the graces that we request. It is with good reason, then, that Dennis, the Carthusian, calls the Blessed Virgin the unique refuge of the lost, the hope of the most abandoned, and the advocate of all sinners who appeal to her but suppose a sinner has no doubts about her power does wonder about her mercy because he fears she will be reluctant to help anyone with sins as great as his. That sinner should take courage from the words of Saint Bonaventure the great the special privilege of Mary is that she is all-powerful with her son but he adds, what would be the purpose of such great power if she did not bother about us? That's a great point, folks. Why would God give her great power if she didn't care about us? It's not, See, it's not all about Mary, and she knows that. That's why she wants to give all the glory to her son. But what glorifies Jesus the most is the salvation of sinners who will in turn serve the, the great king, you see? Mary is most attentive to that. But let me move on. So St. Bonaventure continues, Let us have no misgivings, he concludes, but be quite certain and always thank our Lord and his Blessed Mother for the fact that just as her power with God exceeds that of all the other saints, So, to the same extent, she is also our most loving advocate and the one who is the most solicitous for our welfare. Who, O mother of mercy, exclaims St. Germanus, after Jesus is is as tenderly solicitous for our welfare as you are? Who defends us in the temptations to which we are subject as much as you do? Who protects and fights for sinners as you do? That is why your patronage, O Mary, is more powerful and loving than we can ever understand. Blessed Raymond Giordano says that the other saints can do more for their own clients than for others. Mary, however, as queen of the world, is everybody's advocate and is interested in the salvation of everyone. Mary takes care of all, even sinners. As a matter of fact, she glories in being called their special advocate, as she herself declared to the venerable Sister Mary Villani when she said, Next to the title of Mother of God, I am most happy with that of advocate of sinners. See? So Our Lady is declaring that next to the title of Mother of God, which is her greatest title, is advocate of of sinners why because she wants all of us as brothers and sisters of christ to be united with her son jesus who is our big brother blessed amadeus says that our lady constantly stands before the divine majesty interceding for us by her powerful prayers and since she is well acquainted with our miseries and wants in heaven She cannot help but have mercy on us, and so, with the tender affection of a mother, she is always trying to help and save us. That is why Richard of St. Lawrence encourages everyone, no matter how bad they may be, to appeal to this sweet advocate with confidence and to feel sure that they will always find her ready to help them as the abbot godfrey says mary is always ready to pray for all how effectively and lovingly this good advocate according to saint bernard takes an interest in our salvation considering the affection and zeal with which mary always intercedes with the divine majesty for us in order that our lord may pardon our sins help us with his grace free us from the dangers and relieve us in our wants. St. Bonaventure, addressing the Blessed Virgin, uses these words of an ancient author. We know, quote, we know that we have, as it were, but one person solicitous for us in heaven, and that person is you, O Mary, end quote. That is to say, O Mary, it is true that all the saints wish for our salvation and pray for us, But the love the tenderness which you show us in heaven by obtaining so many mercies for us from god through your prayers compel us to admit that we have but one advocate in heaven namely you and that you alone are truly loving and solicitous for our welfare now jesus says that saint that the holy spirit is our advocate when before he ascended into heaven he says, it would be good that I go. You should be happy that I go to the Father. That's where I can send the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of my Father. He will teach you all things and remind you of all that I have taught you, the Advocate. Well, Our Lady is one with the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be spousally united. All humanity is called to that kind of relationship that Mary has with God, with the Holy Spirit. All of us are called to that oneness, that unity. Our hearts are one. Our minds are one. Our wills are one. Our actions are one. Every blink of our eyes are one with God's blink of his eyes. That's what it is. Saint Mo- Mother Angelica said once uh, um, on, one on, on her show at EWTN, she said, Mary and the Holy Spirit are so united as one that you can't tell the difference. What a statement. But that's what it means to be partakers of divine nature, as Saint Peter tells us, teaches us. No one is a partaker of the divine nature more than the mother of God. So we look to her as the example, and we look to her to assist us so that we can enjoy that oneness with God, a partaker of the divine nature that intimate union with our Creator, who is our greatest good, and the end goal of all of our lives. Who can ever understand the solicitude with which Mary stands before God and pleads for us? St. Germana says that she is never wary of defending us. This is a beautiful thought meaning that Mary has so much pity for our miseries and so much love for us that she is always praying for us and never relaxes her efforts on our behalf. By her prayer, she defends us from evil and secures for us sufficient grace to be saved. There is never any end to her defense. We poor sinners would be in a bad way indeed if we did not have this great advocate who is so powerful and compassionate and at the same time so prudent and wise that the judge of her son, that the judge her son, according to Richard of St. Lawrence, and I quote, cannot condemn the guilty when she defends them, end quote. Wow. And therefore, St. John Geometra greets her by saying, and I quote, Hail, O court, that puts an end to litigation. End quote. Every single case defended by this most wise advocate is always one. That's an interesting statement because of what she suffered for our Lord. Now, you got to remember, she was immaculately conceived. The condition for original sin, which Mary did not have any stain of original sin, she possesses the fullness of original innocence, but the, the, um, the condition or what's a better word, the um, consequence of original sin is that um, we suffer. We suffer. You see, that's a consequence of original sin. If we had not sinned, then we would not merit to suffer or to have sickness or disease or anything. Well, Mary willfully and freely chose to suffer with her son even though she was not under the effects or the consequences of original sin. This is huge. It's huge. In that sense, Jesus cannot refuse one request. He made himself, in a sense, submissive to all of her requests, one that is subject you see and it's it's really his grace it was really by in virtue of god's grace that he made himself subject to his mother so she, he can't refuse her because she lived the will of god perfectly as if she bore like her son the effects and the miseries of original sin without deserving it it's amazing So going on with St. Bonaventure, for this reason, Mary is called by St. Bonaventure, I mean St. Alphonsus, who quotes St. Bonaventure. He says, the wise Abigail. Abigail was the woman we read about in the second book of Kings, who knew how to appease King David when he was indignant with Nabal by her beautiful entreaties. In fact, David was inspired to bless her for having prevented him by her gracious manner from taking vengeance on the ball with his own hands. Now remember, King David is a Christ figure. He he prefigures Jesus Christ in kingship, son of David, Jesus, son of David, my goodness. This is exactly what Mary does in heaven. On behalf of innumerable sinners, by her tender and affectionate prayers, she knows how to appease the divine justice. Amen. What mother, every mother knows how to appease and sort of diffuse your father's fury, his anger, especially when we children are naughty. (laughs) You see, Mary stands in the way of the wrath of our father if you will and nobody knows how to sweetly calm him down more than Mary it's that simple so we kinda hide behind her dress as she appeases the father's wrath and as a good mother she an advocate she calms him down and begs mercy for us instead of punishment I can't say it better than that that's what this good mother does we have to thank Mary thank our mother thank your mother Thank you, Jesus, for giving us, Mary. Thank you, Abba, Father, for giving us so good a mother. So that God himself blesses her for it and, as it were, thanks her for having prevented him from abandoning them and punishing them as they deserve. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, St. Alphonsus, for these beautiful words. The St. Alphonsus goes on to say, That is why St. Bernard... And the Eternal Eternal Father, wishing to show all the mercy possible besides giving us Jesus Christ, our principal advocate with him, also gave us Mary as our advocate with Jesus Christ. So he quotes, There is no doubt that Jesus Christ is the only mediator of justice between men and God by virtue of his own merits and promises, he can and will obtain for us pardon and divine favors. But because men recognize in him the majesty of God, since he is God, and because they fear his divine majesty, it was necessary to assign us another advocate to whom we can appeal with less fear and more confidence. Isn't that interesting? This advocate is Mary. We cannot find anyone more powerful with a divine majesty than she is, no more merciful towards us. Now, I remember when I was a kid and I got in trouble and I knew my father was ticked off. He was mad. And I, my hair used to stand on my end. I didn't run to him. I ran to my mother. Mom, mom, save me. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if any of you out there listening are like me, I'm sure you did the same thing. Well, God is offering us that same opportunity with Mary. It's it's really that simple, and it's so true. So, if anyone, therefore, feels the slightest fear at approaching this most sweet advocate, who has nothing about her who has nothing about her that is severe or terrible, but on the contrary is all courtesy and kindness, such fear would be an actual insult to the tender compassion of Mary." Isn't that interesting? So St. Bernard goes on to say, quote, "'Read and read again, as often as you please, all that is said of her in the Gospels. And if you can find a single instance of severity in her story, then you may fear to approach her, but you will never find any place where this is mentioned. Therefore, go to her with a joyful heart, and she will save you by her intercession." End quote. How beautiful the explanation which William of Paris puts into the mouth of a sinner who appeals to Mary, and William quotes... O most glorious mother of God, full of confidence, I appeal to you in the miserable state to which I am reduced because of my sin. If you reject me, I remind you that you are, as it were, bound to help me, since the whole church calls on you and proclaims you as a mother of mercy. End quote. He then goes on, quote, You, O Mother, are the one to whom God always listens, because you are so dear to Him. Your great compassion never failed anyone. You have never looked down on any sinner who recommended himself to you, no matter how great his sins were. Does the whole church err in calling you the advocate and the refuge of sinners? Never let my sins, O great mother, keep you from fulfilling your great office of charity, by which you are at the same time our advocate and our mediatrix of peace between men and God. After your son, you are are our only hope and the certain refuge of the miserable. All your grace and glory, even your dignity as mother of God, you owe, in one sense, to sinners. For it was on their behalf that the Divine Word made you His mother. Isn't that interesting? All of the grace that God gave to Mary, the Immaculate Conception, mother, titled Mother of God, Mother of the Incarnate Word, Mother of the Savior, Queen of Heaven, Queen of Earth, Queen of Apostles, Queen of them, She is... She thanks God for that tremendous grace that all that she received from God by being the refuge of miserable sinners. She can't do but can't help but to thank God in this way. How do I thank you, O oh God, for how highly you exalted me, Mary would say? I must, in thanksgiving and great gratitude to God try to help save as many sinners, as many of God's children as I can. She wants all of us to be saved. Far be it from the Blessed Mother who brought this source of tender compassion into the world to think that she could ever deny mercy to any sinner who appeals to her, since your office, O Mary, is to be the peacemaker between God and men. Let your tender mercy, then, which far exceeds all my sins, move you to help me. Be comforted, therefore, you who are afraid. I will say with St. Thomas of Villanova, Breathe freely and have courage, O wretched sinners. This great mother, who is the mother of your God and judge, is also the advocate for the whole human race. Moreover, she is the proper person for this office, because she can do with God whatever she wills. Wow. She is all wise, for she understands all the ways to appease him. (laughs) Gotta love Mary. Gotta love our beautiful mother. Queen Mary, oh my goodness. Thank you, Blessed Mother. I love you. I love you, oh good and tender Mother. And her solicitude is really universal in the sense that she welcomes everybody and refuses to defend no one. Thank you for these beautiful words, St. Alphonsus Ligori. I beg you to pray for us so that we have that same encounter and knowledge and love for Mary as you do. Now, he gives an example. I'm going, to go, I'm going to read that as well, and also a beautiful prayer, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, the example. How merciful Mary can be towards sinners is well illustrated in the case of a nun named Beatrice, who belonged to the monastery of Fonterwald. This story is told by Caesarius of Heisterbach, the unfortunate girl was overcome by her passion for a young man. Now, this is a nun, right? Overcome by a passion for a young man and resolved to flee from the convent with his help. So one day she went up to a statue of Mary and laid there the keys of the convent since she was the portress and then slipped away. When she reached a strange country, she lived as a harlot and followed this profession for fifteen miserable years. Finally one day she happened to meet the gardener of the convent where she had lived and thinking that she was not recognized asked him if he knew sister Beatrice I know her very well he replied she is a holy nun and now his mistress now is mistress of novices on hearing this she was dumbfounded not understanding how this could be so in other words she, she, she left the convent thinking that she was in love with this man. I don't know what happened, but they must have never, the relationship probably never took root. She became a harlot to make money, right? And now she's knocking on the door after 15 years of the convent and asking if anyone knew the nun Beatrice. So she's dumbfounded because, because the porter there, the gardener, excuse me, says, oh, yeah, she's fine. She's always been there. Isn't that interesting? So, in order to find out the truth, Beatrice, the nun, or the former nun, she disguised herself and went to the convent. There she called for Sister Beatrice and was astounded to find her before the Blessed Virgin, who had the appearance of this statue, at whose feet she had laid the keys in her habit when leaving the convent. And this is what the Blessed Mother said to her Beatrice. To save you from shame, I have assumed your form. And during these past 15 years, while you have been absent from the convent from God and from God, I have taken your place and done what you should have done. Return and do penance, for my son is still waiting for you. And see that by a good life, you maintain the good name that I have won for you. After saying this, she disappeared. Beatrice, of course, returned to the convent, put on her habit once more, and offering thanks to the Blessed Mother for her mercy, lived a holy life thereafter. At the time of her death, she revealed the whole story for the glory, for the greater glory of the Mother of God. What a story. And I I say that it's similar to the biblical story of Mary Magdalene, whom seven demons were cast out. And one of the mystics, I think it's uh, the um, Mary of Agreda, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But she gives a testimony of St. Mary Magdalene. Jesus cast out the seven demons. But not long after, she went back to her life of prostitution. So it's very similar. And little by little, the, the disciples of Jesus and... Um, Also, the followers of Jesus, and and probably our Blessed Mother, and probably St. John, Um, those that were close to Jesus would say, Mary Magdalene, please come back. And she would refuse because Jesus says, you know, the demons, once they're cast out of you, and they go and search for a resting place and find them, they come back to their original host with seven more, more worse than the first, seven more of his friends. So she probably became repossessed with seven times more worse demons than the first. So she was really in bondage at that point. But nevertheless, the friends of Jesus would constantly come and see Jesus, come and see Jesus. And little by little, them constantly whittling away, Mary Magna finally gave in. and She said, okay, I'll go, but I'm going to go dress the way I am, the way I am. You know, but she was probably all dolled up as a prostitute and really looking uh, very sexy. Who knows? But she went when Jesus was probably giving the Sermon on the Mount or one of his talks. And uh, the the mystic and the visionary, the mystic says of her that Jesus caught sight of her. And every time he looked at her, a demon was cast out of her. And then Jesus would continue talking. He would look right at her again and another demon was cast out of her. And that went on and on until Jesus cast out all the demons and Mary Magdalene was left in tears because she felt the infinite mercy of our beautiful Jesus, the merciful heart of Jesus, who set her free once again. And this time, Mary Magdalene never left his side, ever. Because of the great goodness of Jesus and probably the the prayers of Mary who probably always went after Mary Magdalene to bring her back to her son Jesus so that he could set her free. Now Jesus says because she has been forgiven much, she loves much. That's Mary Magdalene. And that's what it is. So never ever be afraid to approach Jesus or ever approach Mary. Just approach Mary. Because the, the graces and merits and the mercies that flood through the heart of Mary are astounding. God never refuses anything from her. And, and let us all be like Mary Magdalene to go back to the heart of Jesus and his merciful love who, who desires nothing but setting us free from the miserable misery of sin. And that's it. And here's the prayer, and I'll end it with this prayer and I'm I'm asking all to pray along with me. This is the prayer of St. Alphonsus Liguori. Pray it all along with me in your hearts, and and make it your own. Make it your own. O great mother of my Lord, I understand very well that my ingratitude toward God and you for so many years has merited that you should quite justly abandon me and no longer care for me. An ungrateful soul is no longer worthy of favors. But I have very high opinion of your goodness, O Mary. I believe that it is much greater than my ingratitude. Continue then, O refuge of sinners, to help and never cease helping a desolate sinner who trusts in you. O mother of mercy, extend your hand to a poor fallen soul who asks you for pity. O Mary, either defend me yourself or tell me to whom I may appeal, who can defend me better than you? Where can I find an advocate with God more merciful and more powerful than you, his own mother? When you became the mother of the Savior, you became at the same time the proper instrument to save sinners and were given me for my salvation. O oh Mary, save one who appeals to you. I have not deserved your love, but it is you It is your desire to save sinners that causes me to hope that you love me. And if you love me, how can I be lost? Oh, my beloved mother, if I am saved by your help, as I hope, I shall never be ungrateful again. I shall make up for my past ingratitude and for the love that you have shown me by my everlasting everlasting praises and all the love that my soul is capable of. I shall forever sing your mercies happily in heaven, where you reign and shall always reign. And I shall eternally kiss those loving hands which have so often delivered me from hell, which time after time I have deserved by my sins. O Mary, O my liberator, O my hope, my queen, my advocate, my mother, I love you, I desire your glory, and I shall love you forever, amen, amen, this is my hope, wow, that prayer brings tears to my eyes, I hope it has the same effect on you, saying, Alphonsus, what beautiful words, my goodness, now, here he's talking about a miserable sinner, and he's talking about himself, we have a, an incredibly great Marian saint here, St. Alphonsus Ligori. And he's not, he's, he's, um, not um, what's the word, afraid to admit he's a wretched sinner. And neither am I. We all are. All of us fall short of the glory of God. But here he is, and he's admitting I deserve hell. And if it weren't for your merciful tenderness, Mary, I certainly would be lost. You know, St. Um, Luisa Picaretta says something very similar. If it was not for the infinite mercy of my Jesus and my merciful tender mother, I would certainly be lost. So... Take that. Uh, meditate on it for your Lenten uh, meditation. I'll be praying for all of you. Please please pray for me. Pray for us all. Pray for all seminarians. Pray for your priests. Pray for the Pope, the Cardinal, the Bishops. Pray for the Church. We, need, they, we all need your prayers, and we're praying for all of you. And may the great Queen of Heaven, our beautiful, tender, loving, merciful Mother, in union with St. Joseph... Wow. He lived with her and Jesus for 30 years. Oh, my goodness. May they all intercede for you and your loved ones, your spouses, your children, grandchildren, whatever, in a powerful way. And obtain all the graces and mercies and blessings from God to make your families a loving, harmonious, joyful relationship with one another and with God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a good one, folks. Love lifts up, when knowledge takes flight.